0: Hello, um, my name is Grace Spader, and I am the proud creator and owner of the It's Worth Rambling About podcast. Um, welcome back. I'll just like to start this off by saying this is like the fifth time I've tried to record this podcast because my computer, dec- Emma, stop laughing. My computer decided to crap itself whenever I was doing this, Um, so we're doing a totally different platform, something I've never used before, tee hee. Um, it's a great start however uh the reason that i didn't actually do any podcasts this last semester was because i thought this podcast was quite honestly i thought it was dead um and i didn't really have the motivation to talk about um topics that were worth rambling about because i truthfully was going to ramble half-heartedly and i know that that's not really what you guys want to hear so um however uh our lovely country has done something just totally amazing and uh overturned roe v wade and i felt that this was a topic that really needed to be rambled about um and to do that with me i have brought my sister if you didn't already hear her laughing in the background um emma would you like to introduce yourself to my listeners shut up um if you don't know anything about emma her and i are really close in age we uh she just graduated college i'm still in college Uh, Would you like to explain your educational background to my listeners? Yes,
1: I'd be happy to. So, yeah, like Grace said, I just graduated, and I graduated with my Bachelor's of Science in Public Health. Um, I initially went to school to uh, do pre-medicine. I mean, that's what I did my whole time throughout undergrad, and I was planning on becoming an MD. But... In the process of that, I also majored in public health. And then I realized that public health was a lot more centered around my personal and professional aspirations. Uh, public health is more focused on preventative care and preventative health care as opposed to just treating people from their illnesses afterward. And so it has a lot more to do with equity and helping marginalized communities and helping people in that kind of way. And so I really kind of started to gauge my interests in that kind of way. And so now I'm currently an MPH student, which is a Master's of Public Health. And so I'm an MPH student at UNC with a concentration of leadership in practice. And hopefully within the next year, I'll also start a JD program or a law program at UNC. So that's just a little bit about what I'm doing.
0: Way to brag. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just getting, you know. I'm just totally happy in nursing school right now. <laughs> um. Anyway, so like I said, I had mentioned before, uh, Roe v. Wade got overturned, and uh, we wanted to kind of talk about that because that really struck a nerve with me personally. Um, Emma personally, a lot of people we know. Um. It affects so much more than just ourselves. It just if it affects everybody who has a uterus. Um. I mean, America has really taken a step back. And I kind of wanted to bring light to a part of this argument that maybe not a lot of people have seen. And Emma being a part of the public health, you know, I, and I'm, you know, in nursing school, part of the medicine aspect of it. uh, We have both seen firsthand the consequences of what this can do for our country. And I think a lot of what political debates can be about is I feel this way and this is how, I, you know, nothing's going to change. It's black and white. But this is one of those things where I just don't agree with that. I don't even find it political. I think it's a human rights issue. Um, and it needs to be discussed as such. I think the Supreme Court justices, justices, it should be non-biased, not political. But you know what? A lot of things in our country aren't right, right? So we have to kind of... T- take a step back and see where we are. But um, like I said, it's a human rights issue. And I really wanted people who associate as pro-life to just challenge yourself and really listen to what we have to say and take a step back. And I I know it's hard because we've all learned, you know, what's right and what's wrong, but life is just not that simple. It's not that black and white. And this affects so many people. And I just don't think we really understand that. Um, Myself included, I've got a lot more to learn, but I just kind of wanted to, bring that up. Um, Emma, would you like to get us started on this lovely topic? I mean, like you said, I really do believe that it is a
1: human rights issue and not just simply an issue of women's rights. This is about essential healthcare services like abortion for people who have uteruses and all people. Um I would also like to say that when we're talking about this, there are going to be a few studies and um pieces of data that we're going to mention and in some of those epidemiological studies they do refer to um, women and they do talk about mothers and I think that that's more of it shows that we still have a long way to go in public health and in medicine in terms of equity Um, but I just want to give that I just want to say that first of all like we are going to mention that but I would like to say that, again, this is a human rights issue. This is an issue for those with uteruses. This is an issue for, quite honestly, everybody. This has so many more implications than just in the sense of the abortion services itself, but in healthcare in general. So, yeah, I want to just say that first.
0: Right. Um, so, yeah, I'll just, you know, start talking about my experience as a nurse. So, um, I had mentioned in another podcast that I had been doing Uh, Maybe I haven't. I don't really know. Anyway, uh, I was on the OB floor this last semester for my clinical. And for me, I was always like, oh, I don't want to do babies. Not my thing. I like ER, I like trauma, you know, rugged. Mm. However, I learned very quickly that the the labor and delivery unit is not that at all. It's actually quite intense because more often than not, I saw moms who really um, were in situations that weren't sunshine and rainbows. They were very complex situations that involved, you know, really terrible situations that these children are brought into, you know, a life of hell, to be honest with you. Um, and I had the opportunity to work in the NICU and I saw some really sick babies, babies that were products of incest, babies that were products of rape, really young moms, um, you know, difficult pregnancies. Maybe a mom had a, you know, was planning on having this baby, but she had a really difficult pregnancy. So I had, um, a lot of experience we'll say with these sick babies. And when you look at a child who is just fighting for their life in the NICU and they can't do anything, but just fight and fight and fight. And all they've known in their life thus far is just like fighting. It's really hard to just like see that and think this is what this child is going to live through the rest of their life. And yes, babies do make it out of the NICU much more healthy than they came in, but that's not always the case. And I remember one case in particular, I had a, You know, a mom who was very, very young, um, just started her period and had multiple babies, uh, was a product of incest. Um, And these babies, you know, they had so many issues and so many deformities. And this mom felt like she didn't really have a choice, nor did she have access to health care, to be honest with you. And cases like that, you know, you might hear that and be like, wow, that's such a crappy case. But, like, that's so rare. It is not. That is just not the case, and I think with Roe v. Wade being overturned and people don't have this access, that's going to happen left and right. And for nurses, that's that's a hell of a job to take on us. Right? We already have a nursing shortage. We're already not getting paid enough, and now we have to help these extremely sick babies. And we just have to look at these fathers in the face and be like, "You did this," and be okay with it. And I think a lot of people don't understand that. Like, people are like, "Well, you know, life is life," and well, this baby probably won't ever speak. This baby might not even walk because their left limb is not as long as, you know, whatever, whatever the case may be. So that just makes you think a little bit from a nursing perspective. Additionally, with complications in births, I'm I'm sure if you've paid attention to this Roe v. Wade crap, you know that there's this thing called ectopic pregnancies. So an ectopic pregnancy is when the baby starts to be formed in the tubes rather than inside the uterus. And, you know, (laughs) anatomy-wise, that can't really happen. Right. The baby will not live. However, this cluster of cells does have a heartbeat. And um, with this strict law that our conservative Supreme Court justices have placed, it's saying that a woman has to carry that child or clump of cells to term or till it dies inside of a woman um and that is painful that it's traumatic it makes inexcusable damage to a woman's body hemorrhaging sepsis so many issues and that happens a lot more often than you think and um you know one to five births will be you know miscarriages One way or another. And so I don't think people realize that, like, a miscarriage is an abortion in medical terms. And so it is. And so when you say, okay, no abortions at all, you're putting this woman with a baby who you know is going to die inside of her and she just has to sit there and wait till it passes. Are you kidding me? You know how painful that is? So I just, that's, you know, one thing I wanted to talk about a little bit. Um, Emma can talk more about, like, the population of these women. You want to talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, yeah, definitely.
1: Um, Yeah, so there are a few things, like, not only will ectopic pregnancy ruptures and sepsis from incomplete miscarriages kill people, but we also have to think about other factors such as suicide and intimate partner violence as difficult as it is to talk about things like that, it will kill people. People will die by suicide because they feel they have no options or because their doctors will now have to deny them needed mental health medication that they were once able to take. And a study that I kind of wanted to mention was a national-level study, actually, that was published by Obstetrics and Gynecology. Um, The researchers found that pregnant women in the United States die by homicide more often than by pregnancy related causes and that most often is by an intimate partner and I don't think a lot of people realize that not just deaths from health complications and pregnancy related complications will occur but these larger societal and systematic issues will increase these occurrences will happen more often people will die more often and in these gruesome ways. It's a lot more than just the plain and white the plain black and white issue of abortion. Like there are larger implications of this ruling that I don't think a lot of people really consider.
0: Um Yeah, you can't really generalize this ruling at all and I think a lot of people who take that route of like pro-life think that it's just a mom who had sex who was, you know, not fit to be a mom and she made a mistake but it's so much more than that abortion is health care for people
1: it is and that's something in the public health community that we really talk about a lot too is that if i mean think if you think about global health organizations like the world health organization they truly consider abortion an essential health care service it is listed as an essential health care service because it is health care abortion is health care whether people like to say that or not, whether that's because of political beliefs, religious beliefs, that is something that they have deemed an essential health care service because of these things. Health is so much more than just going to the doctor and making those kinds of decisions. Health is about autonomy. Health is about social mobility. Health is about poverty. Health is about the environment. There is so much more to it than just the simple side of it. Oh, it's abortion, that's that's murder, it's wrong. There's so much more that's going to come of this that I think that people don't really understand and they can't really gauge the seriousness of it. And I think looking at it from a public health perspective,
0: I'm I'm worried. I mean Right, yeah, me too. It's it's a lot
1: more serious than people really realize. And I, I get that a lot of people are saying, Well, you know, this is just a ruling. This is just their interpretation of the Constitution. Um, It's now up to the states. The thing is, half of the states in the U.S. are going to be directly, directly, like...
0: There's trigger laws involved. So people in Texas who are about to get an abortion, you know, next week can't. Yeah, and the thing is, for
1: a lot of those states, too those are states that have some of the highest maternal infant mortality rates already. Mm-hmm. Those are some of the states who see the largest numbers of racial disparity in terms of health care, in terms of housing, in terms of social services. These are the groups of people that are going to see the largest, the largest impact in terms of death, in terms of like disability in terms of hardship they're already facing a lot of these disparities and it's only going to worsen and I think that we really have to understand that this will only amplify these regional disparities and that's something you should also care about if you really care about life and care about the livelihood of people like you should care about how this is going to impact people how right this, is impact this
0: isn't just like pro-fetus do. this is pro-life right if you're claiming to be pro-life then why don't you do anything for the the children in foster care right and i saw a video on twitter of a woman speaking in a pro um a pro-choice you know rally and she said she is a product of the foster care system and she has been molested like umpteen times and she made it out and she said this is going to affect so many people because there are so many people that are gonna be sent into foster care. And when you go into foster care and when you are molested, you know where that puts you as a child? You are set back. You can you never can go grow into your fullest potential because you're constantly weighed down by all this trauma. And I think a lot of in a political sense, a lot of um Americans in particular were so divisive and we think, oh, it doesn't affect me, so I don't really give a shit. Well, you know what? Start to. Because it's like it's making me upset when we only care about ourselves when the whole idea of healthcare is we try to do the, what's best for the society around us that's why when covid happened everyone was like you know what let's mask up for the people around us and for the people around us like people will die especially women and in lower income communities women in states where there are trigger laws women who cannot afford to go take a plane to chicago to get an abortion and i know that's a Exactly. And doctors will not do anything because they're stuck in a landlock. And the doctors are then placed in this moral issue of, okay, my patient's going to hemorrhage out and die. Do I save them or do I keep my license? And doctors should never be put in a place where that is the issue. It should be, let me save my patient.
1: communicate with lawyers before giving potentially life-saving treatment truly does create a larger likelihood of quite frankly death. And,
0: and not trauma, not
1: death, but trauma, physical trauma, mental trauma, emotional trauma. There is so much more that goes into this like
0: I yeah. It's just- and also a little bit of a side bar um for This whole pro-choice thing, when people are pro-life and they value life like that and they say, okay, well, you got pregnant, you're going to have this baby. That is your religious belief. And I don't think that the religious belief of, let's just say Christianity or Catholicism or whatever you associate with, that is that is a pro-life argument, I don't feel like that should be an overarching thing over the entire American people. Because there are Americans that are not Christian. There are Americans that don't think that. But why is it that all of this Christianity talk is placed above everyone else? Like, they're better. And then that comes down to the issue of, okay, well, there's racism racism that is involved. Um, and just classism and so many other things, like Emma said, that will be escalated due to this ruling. And It's just like, honestly, why do you give a shit about other people? Like, focus on your own body. I'm sorry. Part of my language, I know, Grandma, I know you're listening, but it's just, like, really upsetting. Like, why do you care? Why is it any of your business if I get birth control filled or not?
1: And their values, which are pretty difficult to kind of influence. And so I think for a lot of people, they think that what they're doing is noble and what they're doing is so important the same way that our advocacy is important to us. And I think that that's a really difficult thing about this issue in particular is that they truly believe, I mean, they believe that they're saving people's lives. They think that this is something that is so, so, so important the same way that we do. But I think that the largest thing that I'd like to emphasize and that I'd like to challenge people who are pro-life that are listening to this is although that is something I understand you are very, very passionate about, I really want you to look at the other implications of this and that this simply isn't just about abortion. There's so much more that goes into this and you have to realize that people will die, and I mean that, and I don't just mean I mean I'm pretty sure that it's it's just a really difficult thing because it is so polarizing in nature, but at the same time it's so important for us to discuss these things, to discuss it in a social sense, in an economic sense, in a healthcare sense, in a public health sense, because so many people will die in so many different ways. And they, they aren't all going to be categorized into, oh, this is a result of Roe v. Wade being overturned. But there will be ways that we will be able to see that. There will be a large increase in maternal mortality. There will be a large increase in infant mortality. There will be an increase in suicide. There will be an increase of death from intimate partner violence. And even just outside of that, Even outside the issue of whether abortion is considered essential health care, systematic and structural biases are also creating large gaps in other forms of health access. Due to these restrictive laws, like in Texas, Alabama, Louisiana, and these poorly written laws and legislation, doctors and pharmacists, like we talked about, are now also being put in an inevitably difficult legal position in terms of access to vital medications, life-saving drugs, that are meant to treat things like lupus, cancer, ectopic pregnancies, and stomach ulcers, they're facing potential blocks for distribution and access to that. Pharmacists are now hesitant to fill prescriptions for some of these medications due to the threat and subjection of civil lawsuits or criminal prosecution. Even if these prescriptions might be for non-abortion reasons, the very real fear and threat of retribution is still there for pharmacists and doctors. Yeah, the issue was already seen as a prevalent problem, and particularly restrictive states like Texas, too. So it's a lot deeper than people realize, I think. And I think, given the loose language around it, too, we have to understand that a lot of the states that this will primarily impact are kind of at risk for a lot more than we realize.
0: Yeah. I mean, we learned in nursing school, like how to be accepting of everybody's culture. We learned that if you are a Jehovah's Witness, you can't accept blood from everybody else. Right. You have you know, if you are dying and the only life saving measure is you need somebody else's blood for the procedure, they will not take it. And we have to respect that as nurses. And so if we are, you know, in the same place of somebody being a Christian and they're saying, hey, I'm pro-life, I know this baby will kill me, but I want to bring it to term anyway. That's their choice. But the ability to make that choice is so important, and the ability to be like, you know what, I'm not a Christian, so why do I have to? Why do I have to have a forced birth in a country where guns have more rights than women? You know, why do, And correct, yes, yes, that's that is correct. And in a medical sense, when we talk about these like life saving surgeries, like let's say if there's a woman that got you know in a car accident and she's pregnant, there would be no baby if mom was dead. So they save mom to try to save two people so it's like would you rather save you know one person or zero in in a very extreme sense so if that is the baseline of all medicine then why doesn't our country you know look at it like that you know why because lawmakers are the ones making decisions about bodies that have no idea about the female anatomy i guarantee you if you showed a lot of our supreme court justices a picture of a uterus i doubt you they could point out You know, the very intricacies of the anatomy because they don't even know. You have no frame of reference. And, like, I know for a fact from using it that birth control is so much more than just not having babies. It's acne control. It's period control. But you know what? Men don't even know shit about having period control because they don't have a period. You have no opinion. So why are you making this, like, divisive decision on something you have no frame of reference of other than the fact that you read a Bible? It's just, it's so baffling to me. And I think that we're in 2022. The world is more complex. The world is more open-minded. And also the world's bigger. There's a greater infrastructure. Yet the United States is crumbling under all of our labor and delivery floors because we have so many deaths, because we already aren't doing enough. And if all of these babies are now forced to be born with shitty circumstances, shitty health care, more babies and women are going to die.
1: And like you said, the foster care system is no walk in the park. Honestly, 60% of those who are 60% of sex tra- trafficking victims are either in or have been in the foster care system because of those vulnerabilities, because of that lack of protection. And that's just going to keep getting worse if we're
0: increasing the burden on these already failing systems in the u.s we have really failed black women in the united states as oh, well absolutely. i mean like you look at a lot of the black lives matter things that i've talked about in the past this is hidden hidden real close to home with a lot of black women whenever they because already you know one five about about five or six per one thousand births you know end in a fatality and black women make up 59% of that, even though they're only part of 38% of the population. Yeah, and the US, maternal mortality rate for black mothers
1: is nearly three times higher than that of white mothers. And that's even before this reversal of Roe versus Wade. That, that just goes to show the severe inequities that are already present in the United States and how they absolutely will continue. In states like Mississippi that have some of these really restrictive laws, the maternal mortality rate, I'm pretty sure, is... Hold on, I have it right here. Yeah, the average infant mortality rate is 8.27 per 1,000 life births, which is almost double that of the national average. And in states like Mississippi, Alabama, Louisiana that have these disproportionately high rates, that will continue getting worse.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh I don't want to go on too long about this cuz honestly Emma and I could probably talk about this for 2 hours. Would you agree? yeah yeah, it's horrible. So, um, to spare you, I just want to kind of wrap things up a tiny bit. Um, I want you to really think about not just yourself. When you think about a topic as grand as this, there is so much more than just you, right? And then there's that argument of why are people in New York and Chicago protesting? Did you ever think that New York and Chicago residents care about other people? that's kind of a big part right and so I feel like that's something that may be lost in our society that we need to reflect on because as a nurse that's my biggest thing is I have to advocate for people everyone and in that advocacy needs to be a choice and for women to not have a choice how the hell am I supposed to do my job so that's kind of a really big argument for me um but before I you know and this. I would like to provide some resources. This is also going to be on the Instagram if you'd like to. Uh, You can donate to an abortion fund. It's abortionfunds.org. You can support your local Planned Parenthood. Um, I can put the link in the Instagram. Uh, You can help independent clinics, keepourclinics.org. Share, talk, reflect. Please, please, please share this podcast to somebody who you feel like needs it. Um, I know it's a small platform, but you know, anything helps. And just take action. Like, bands off our body. Make the TikToks. Go to protests. Like, speak up your on your mind. Because when you're an old grandma and your grandchildren are learning about this in AP US Gov, you know, what are you going to tell them? that You just sat there? that You just, like, let all this happen? You watched the country regress? No, you're going to get off your butt and you're going to fight, right? And you're going to explain to them, yeah, it was kind of a hell in American history, but I contributed to it, you know? I contributed to fighting back. Um anything else you'd like to add, Emma? Two things.
1: One, fuck the Supreme Court. I would just like to say that I'm sorry. Sorry, Grandma, again if you were listening. (laughs) Second of all, I know I just wanna be I'll be brief about this, but I just wanna say as a gay woman, this is also a really, really scary time. This isn't just scary in terms of reproductive health care, but also given the nature of some of the rhetoric from Supreme Court justices like Clarence Thomas. Piece of shit. Not just some <laughs>
0: Sack criminal. of yogurt.
1: Um, directly in his solo concurring opinion, he references precedent of right to privacy from cases like Lawrence v. Texas and things like same-sex marriage, and that those no longer have that precedent of right to privacy, and they are up next. So... Please, like Grace said, consider these things, keep an open mind, utilize these resources, keep protesting, keep speaking about this, keep fighting, because this is our livelihood, this is my livelihood, this is all of our livelihoods, and we should care. It's fucking important.
0: Agreed. All right, well, thank you so much for listening thus far. Emma, would you like to chant F the Supreme Court as we let this roll out? Okay, one, two, three. Fuck the Supreme Court. Fuck the Supreme Court. Fuck the Supreme Court.